Are you not in the mood? Are you not in the mood? Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the Ben Wasserman Show. It's a pleasure to be doing this show. It's a pleasure to be talking to every single one of you. I hope I got you guys in the mood because tonight, tonight, the Yankees and the Mets square off against each other. Tonight is the start of the Subway Series. I will talk about that. Tonight is also game number five, Vegas Golden Knights. Do they win the cup? Do they finish off the Florida Panthers? I'll talk about that. And yesterday night, the Denver Nuggets won the NBA championship, and they won their first championship in 47 years. It was the longest drought, and they did it in the perfect way possible. I will talk about that. Thank you all for joining. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Twitter live, I appreciate you. If you're listening on Apple and Spotify, I appreciate you as well. Once again, I apologize for not doing these shows more frequently. I always say this every single episode, and I should just really take up on my word and do these shows more frequently. But lately, I've only been doing about one show a week. That is unacceptable. I need to do at least two shows a week. When I was at school, I would do like at least two, sometimes even three. So I promise I will try to do at least two shows a week. It is not fair to you guys. And, you know, it's just what I need to do. So I... Oh, no, my mic got unplugged. Give me a second here. Oh, boy. Give me a second. I was touching things that I shouldn't have been touching. Connect. Oh, God. What a great start this is, right? What a picture-perfect start. Ben decided to touch his microphone during the show. Come on now. Connect, baby. Should be good now. All right, we're back. I'm not touching my microphone. That is a rookie amateur dumb mistake. So I figured we'll start off this show talking about the Subway Series. And I want to say this right off the bat. A lot of people are not that excited for the Subway Series. A lot of people, instead of talking about the matchup and talking about the Subway Series, all they're saying is, these two teams suck. Why should I be excited? Why should I watch? Why should I spend my money, go to the bar park? Why should I care? And I'm going to tell you why you should care. Because no matter how bad the Yankees and the Mets are playing right now, when you, if you're a Yankees fan, or when you when you're a Mets fan, stumble across a guy who supports the opposite team. So myself as a Yankees fan, if I stumble across a Mets fan, and I got a lot of close friends who are Mets fans, and I'm having a conversation with them, and they're talking about their baseball team, there is nothing I want more than my baseball team to beat their baseball team. It doesn't matter how bad the Yankees and the Mets are playing right now. Because... They play tonight, and if the Yankees win, I could text my roommate and say, how about that game? And he won't be able to say nothing. All he could say is, well, they suck. And then I'll say, yeah, you're right. They do suck. So, again, 
Doesn't matter how bad they're playing recently. Doesn't matter that Alonzo and Judge are out of the lineup. They're playing. And every single person should be excited about that. And listen, Alonzo and Judge being out of the lineup is massive. It's huge. Aaron Judge, I always say he's the best player on the planet. And yes, I'm biased. But I also truly believe that because him being out of the lineup is making the Yankees look like a triple-A team. Aaron Judge being out of the lineup right now has the Yankees sitting in third place, which they were in before Judge got injured, but now they really can't win. He has the Yankees right now. Him being out of the lineup has the Yankees have an offense that has scored two and a half runs per game in the past five games. That is awful. And Pete Alonso, when he was in the lineup, the Mets weren't much better. But now when he's out of the lineup, they're still just as bad. And they might be even worse. Their offense is definitely even worse. So yes, of course, this matchup would be more exciting if the Yankees were in first place. And if the Mets were in first place, like preseason expectations had both teams to be. And it would be more exciting if Pete Alonso was chasing 60 home runs and was hitting moonshots every night. And if Aaron Judge was chasing 63 home runs this year. But that's unfortunately not the case. But that does not mean that I'm not excited. And it does not mean that I will not watch. The Yankees starting lineup is out. And before I say their starting lineup, let me break down their series against the Boston Red Sox with one simple word. You want to hear it? Pathetic. It was a pathetic series against the Red Sox. Starts off on Friday night with Garrett Cole on the bump. You guys all know that's my guy, GC. And you guys all know there's only a few things in life that really make me mad. And one of those things is when somebody talks bad about Jack Hughes. One of those things is when somebody says Aaron Rodgers is washed. And one of those things, and the biggest thing, is when people say bad things about my man, Garrett Cole. So Garrett Cole took the bump Friday night. Big series against the Red Sox. Yankees are coming off a horrible series loss against the White Sox with that weird postponed game because the air quality. And then they played the doubleheader and Luis Severino stunk up the joint and they scratched out a win in the second game. But still, everybody knows the team wasn't that good. And they go into Friday night with Garrett Cole on the bump. And you know what the offense does? Nothing. Yeah, there we go. And you know what Gail Cole does? He gives up a home run to Rafael Devers. But, 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 it doesn't matter because he pitched six innings, gave up two runs. And if any Yankees fan is mad about that, then they should open their eyes and watch the television in the bottom half of innings when the Yankees are playing at home. Gail Cole pitched a fine game. Yes, two runs, six innings. Maybe you want more from the ace. But in my mind, if Gail Cole can guarantee me that every single night he can go out there and pitch six innings and two runs, I will sign that check right on the dotted line. But the offense scored zero runs in the first five innings. Then in the bottom of the sixth, they got a run, but that is all they got. And the Yankees ended up losing that game on Friday. Well, they actually got a run, excuse me. They got a run in the seventh inning as well, but they ended up losing that game three to two. So they wasted a Garrett Cole start. A good Garrett Cole start. And they wasted an opportunity to get that opening game against what some people don't call, well, what some people don't think is a big rival anymore. 
but it still is and it always will be. Look, I understand why Yankees Red Sox doesn't have the hype like it used to. I understand based on standings, based on recent history, why it doesn't have the hype it used to. But listen, when the Red Sox come to town or when the Yankees go to Fenway, the place is packed, the vibes are high, and the tension is high. And those teams want to win. It's not like when the A's come to town. It's not like when the Minnesota Twins come to town. Those are just two teams off the top of my dome, for example, that the Yankees do not have a rivalry with. Even though the Red Sox are not the best team, they're still a rivalry. And it's still an exciting series. And on Friday night, they wasted their opportunity to win that game one with GC on the mound. Okay, we move to Saturday. Saturday, I said right after the game that Saturday's game was the only way, the only path of victory that the Yankees could take now in an Aaron Judge judgeless lineup. They won three to one. They got outstanding pitching from Domingo Herman. And by the way, I'll say right now, and I've said this, I said this last week too. I'm a big fan of Domingo Herman. I'm a big fan of Domingo Herman now. You want to know why? Because he has been dominant. Domingo Herman has been awesome. What more could you ask from Domingo Herman his last two starts? To get a perfect game? Well, you know, that's not going to happen. But Domingo Herman, Saturday night, six innings, one earned run. And he was able to get the win. Gleyber Torres got a solo home run in the fourth inning. Unfortunately, that was the last good thing that Gleyber Torres has done for the Yankees. But hopefully he turns that around tonight. And then in the bottom of the sixth, Willie Calhoun got the game-winning home run. Kyle Higashioka then got a single, which drove in the third run. So Saturday night was a good game. We move into Sunday now. And the Yankees lose in the most Yankee way possible. Clark Schmidt, who has really, really turned it around. Clark Schmidt, I mean, he's not a guy who I was very high on. He's a guy who I literally said he needs to stop starting games. And now look at him. His ERA has went down like two whole points. He's been awesome. But the Yankees lose in extra innings, as we all know. And they had just a pathetic, pathetic weekend. Pathetic weekend. This is a Boston Red Sox team that was in last place. This is a Boston Red Sox team that does not have good pitching. It doesn't have good pitching. The only way the Red Sox could win is if Rafael Devers, Justin Turner, Masatiko Yoshida, Masataka, excuse me, just go off. And that's not how the Red Sox won this weekend. They won because they outpitched the Yankees. And the Yankees couldn't hit. And that's a real, real problem. And as I said about five minutes ago, the Yankees without Aaron Judge in the last five, six games are averaging about two and a half runs per game. Pathetic. And what's even worse than that is in the bottom of the 10th inning, when the Red Sox are up 3-2, to two, the bottom of the 10th inning, the Yankees have their ghost runner on base. Jose Trevino swinging on pitches that literally could have hit him three times. And you just get the worst plate performances, the worst at-bat visual performances. It's like, I hate saying this, but really, I think some AAA and AA players could have had some better plate performances. And then you have Gleyber Torres on second base not doing anything. The game was lost because the offense. I'm not blaming Gleyber Torres. But the effort and the just hitting approaches and everything that you need to win games, everything that you need to win games when your best player isn't in was not there. Let's move on to the game today, the Subway Series. And look, the Mets, the Mets are just as bad, right? We all know that they had a they had a tougher schedule. 
right? The Yankees played the White Sox and the Red Sox. The Mets in their last six games have played the Braves and the Pirates. Better teams. But the Mets have only won one game in the past nine. And two in the past ten. So, you know, as bad as it gets. Tonight, Luis Severino versus Max Scherzer. What do I expect from Max Scherzer? To be completely honest, I expect Max Scherzer to shove. I do. Last year in the Subway Series, Max Scherzer was dominant. And you know he's hearing it. He can't compete against the Braves, but you know he's hearing it. And he's, you know, I'm sure he feels a little disrespected. I mean, I'm not going to say that Mets fans should should be like praising him. They shouldn't, but you know, this is Max Scherzer. You know, he might be feeling a little disrespected. So I think he's going to shove tonight because he's probably feeling disrespected and too, because he's facing a lineup that has Jake Bowers leading off and Billy McKinney, Higashioka, Volpe. I mean, you guys get it. No disrespect to Jake Bowers or anybody else, but you guys get it. And then for the Yankees, Luis Severino. I mean, Luis Severino, you got to have a good game. It's as simple as that. This is a Mets team that's struggling. This is a Mets lineup that literally is consisted of Tommy Pham, Luis Guillorme, and Mark Canna as 7, 8, and 9 hitters. I mean, let's be real. Severino, you got to show up. I mean, I, I feel good about the Yankees, but that feeling only comes because of how bad the Mets are. How bad the Mets are. Let's go through the starting lineup for the Yankees. Leading off Jake Bowers in the two spot, John Carlos Stetton. In the three spot, Gleyber Torres. Batting fourth is Anthony Rizzo. Batting fifth is DJ LeMahieu. Batting sixth is Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Seventh, Billy McKinney. Eighth in catching, Kyle Higashioka. And ninth, your shortstop, Anthony Volpe. I'm going to list off three names. And I said these names last week. I have been saying these names over and over and over again. Because if these three names don't do anything, which is what they've been doing, nothing, then the Yankees don't win. And the three names are John Carlos Stanton, DJ LeMahieu, and Anthony Rizzo. DJ LeMahieu, a guy who used to hit 300 with the Yankees, now can't even hit 250. John Carlos Stanton, the scariest name in the lineup. But, you know, Aaron Boone doesn't play him on Sunday. What are you going to say? I mean, I'm not even going to talk about that. The scariest name in the lineup, but a guy who really doesn't do much in the regular season. Now, listen, I'm not complaining about lackluster regular season performances. But when you've been here for five years and you've still done nothing in the regular season, then it's a little annoying. John Carlos Stanton needs to become that threat. John Carlos Stanton needs to step up and dominate. He had a huge home run last year in the Subway Series. If you follow me on TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram, TikTok at Ben the Sports Guy, Twitter at Ben Wasserman for Instagram at Ben Wasserman underscore. You saw I made a little Subway Series edited video. John Carlos Stanton was in that video. And while I was editing, I've watched that home run over and over and over again. He trotted around the bases, gave a good look to Francisco Lindor. Don't know what he said, but it looked like you don't look at me because I will mess you up. John Carl Stanton needs to have that I'm a mess you up mentality. You know, he's got it. You know, he's got it in the postseason when he's hot. You look at him in the batter's box and you want nothing to do with him. John Carlos Stanton needs to step up. And then the last name, Anthony Rizzo. 
Anthony Rizzo hasn't gotten a hit in his last 24 plate appearances. That's got to change. That's got to change. So this isn't the best lineup, but it's what the Yankees are working with. No Aaron Judge, no Harrison Bader. It's what the Yankees are working with. On the Mets side, Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Alvarez, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Starling Marte, Brett Beatty, Tommy Pham, Guillaume, and Canna, like I said before. If I had to make a bet on this game, I would take the under. But my bet is the Yankees' money line. One, I think there's value there. I don't think the Mets should be minus 150, minus 160. It might even be higher than that. And two, I always take the Yankees' money line. And I'm the most biased person ever. And that will not change now. And that will not change in the future. So, uh, Wednesday's game is Garrett Cole versus Justin Verlander. I will be at Wednesday's game. Hopefully the rain holds up. Mother Nature is nice to me. Yankees got to take these two. A split, you know, is a split. But the Yankees got to take these two. It's that simple. This is a Mets team that is 2-8 in their last 10 games. This is a Mets team that the fan base hates every single player on the team. They do not like one player on the current roster. The Yankees have to win both of these games. If they do, the vibes will go up. Yankees fans will be feeling better. The Yankees team will be feeling better. And if they lose both of them, the WFA, the, the WFAN phone lines will be going crazy. They got to win these two. All right. Flipping gears now. Denver Nuggets. They won their first NBA championship in 47 years. And you know what I love about this Denver Nuggets championship? You know what I love about it? They did it the right way. They did it how all sports teams should do it. They drafted Jokic. They drafted Murray. They stuck with one head coach and they were patient. They're not the Brooklyn Nets who brought in three superstars and now have none of them and now aren't going to win for the next five years. They didn't do it like, well, what are some other examples? Really, they don't. I mean, there's other examples in the NBA. I'm trying to think of them uh, like super teams. You could say the Warriors were, but they did it the right way. But you guys know what I'm talking about. Maybe the Suns even, right? Getting Kevin Durant. But they they kind of, they drafted Dev, Devin Booker and they drafted those other guys. So, you know, they didn't do it and cut corners. They were patient and they did it the right way. And you also know what I love about the Denver Nuggets? They flat out were awesome to watch. They, and I saw this on Twitter, so I'm not coining this phrase. They were a well-oiled basketball machine. In the second round, was it the first round? No, I think it was either the first round or the second round. I think it was the first round. They were in a 2-2 series with the Phoenix Suns. After that, they won game six. They won game five, game five and game six. And they barely lost another game. Awesome story. You know, all those people that were not aware of Nikola Jokic or all those people that didn't think he was that good. What do you think now? And I'm not going to lie. 
I, uh, I wasn't truly aware of Nikola Jokic because I'm not a huge NBA fan. I don't watch Denver Nuggets games if they're not in the NBA finals or if they're not in the Western Conference finals. But man, watching him was just fun. Watching him was just fun. Because if you were rooting for the Nuggets or you were just watching to watch one the best player on the planet play, you had this feeling that, man, when this guy gets the ball in the paint, he's going to score. When this guy gets the ball on the edge, he's going to shoot a three and make it. Well, when this guy gets the ball, he's going to snipe somebody in the corner and set up a shot for his teammates. Just an absolutely amazing, singular, individual performance from Nikola Jokic. Led the NBA throughout the postseason in points, assists, and rebounds. That doesn't happen. That does not happen. And what might be even cooler than his actual on-the-court performance is his off-the-court personality. It might be a little lame to some. But I love it because he's real and he doesn't sugarcoat anything. And you know what I love the most about Nikola Jokic? How he's calm, cool, collected. He's real. He he wants to go home to Serbia. He wants to be with his horses. He's a family man. He didn't even care about the pictures. He was just holding his, excuse me. He was just holding his, his baby. Sorry about that. And then, but you see him, sorry, I lost my train of thought there, but you see him sitting on the bench, third quarter of NBA finals game five, closeout game at home, and he's screaming at his teammates and he's being a leader. Just amazing to watch. Jamal Murray, I I mean, the storylines up and down this Denver Nuggets team. Jamal Murray missing two playoffs because of an injury. Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Contavious Caldwell-Pope. And how about that guy? I don't even know his name. But that guy who was defending LeBron James when he broke the record for most all-time points in the NBA, he then got traded to the Nuggets and won an NBA championship. I don't know his name, but the storylines up and down. Just amazing. And for the Heat, I mean, exceeded all expectations. A team that literally had 90% undrafted players. A team with Eric Spolstra. The Heat should be happy. They're obviously probably not because nobody wants to lose in the championship series. The Heat should be happy. And for the Nuggets, congratulations. Because this was a playoff year where not only did the best team win but maybe the team that deserved to win the most won just awesome awesome for the casual nba fan awesome for the hardcore nba fan congratulations to the nuggets and i know the uh the nba on abc group or nba on espn group whatever you want to call them was talking about this i'm talking about mike greenberg michael wilbon Jalen Rose, right? Jalen Rose. I might be wrong on that. And Stephen A. Smith, I think it's Jalen Rose. They were saying, and they say this after every championship, so I don't really put that much stake into it, but they were saying how this Nuggets team, they will be back. And you heard Michael Malone. Michael Malone, 15 seconds after winning a championship, I'm not pleased with one. Just so cool. The Nuggets, I try not to say this often because it's very easy to say and it's very associated with recency bias but i truly believe this the nuggets 
not only were the best team this year, but I think if you look at champions, we're the best champion in the last three, four years, and they will win another NBA championship going forward. Let's move on to the Stanley Cup Finals. Game number five. Vegas is up three to one. The only loss was in game three, which was a must-win game for Florida. Florida tied it up late with Matthew Kachuk, and then they won in overtime. I think Vegas ends the series tonight. I know that's probably easy to say because they're at home and they've been the better team. But I didn't say it yesterday with the Nuggets. I thought the Heat were going to win yesterday. I was wrong. But I really do think Vegas wins tonight. Look, they they took care of business at home in games one and two. But this is the reason why I do think they're going to win. They just dominate the Panthers. Matthew Kachuk was playing with one arm in game four. Racco Gudis left game three. Up and down the Panthers lineup, they just get dominated. And the Panthers, how are they going to play? Because the Panthers play a game where it's like, we're going to be physical. We're going to get under your skin. But this whole series against Vegas, every time they try to do that, Vegas just does it better. And then the Panthers get mad, and then they take penalties. The Panthers didn't take penalties in game four, but they still, like, never had anything going. Because the depth of the Golden Knights is too good. The goaltending of the Golden Knights is too good. The physicality is too good. And the coaching is too good. The Vegas Golden Knights, I truly believe, are going to win tonight. And if they don't win tonight in game five, they will win in game six. Same thing with the Heat. The Panthers have exceeded expectations. Two betting picks for this game. I like Vegas in regulation. I don't like the money line. I think it's a little too juiced. And I like the under. Right? Game three, the under hit. Game four, the under hit. Closeout games, especially in the last round of the NBA and NHL playoffs, unders are money. So I love the under tonight in the Vegas game, and I like them to close it out. And if they do, that would just be awesome. That would just be awesome. So really excited night ahead. Subway series. Vegas, Golden Knights, Game 5. But it does mean, if Vegas wins tonight, that it is officially baseball season. So it's kind of a weird feeling, because as much as I do like watching the Yankees, I am going to miss hockey. Not so much basketball. I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I am going to miss playoff basketball. So that wraps up the Ben Wasserman Show on this Tuesday, June 13th. Final words. Yankees, get it done. Thank you all for watching. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the Subway Series in Vegas Game 5 tonight. I'll see you soon. Peace.